We recording? Yes, I'm recording. All right. Finish saying what you were saying. Yeah, so dude on Instagram I follow, he put up this post and it showed like this glove that connects to the metaverse or whatever. And whatever you touch in the metaverse, you can actually feel with this glove on. The mm. very first thing that came to mind was the moment they can figure out how to attach something like this to genitals, it's over for human to human interaction. Oh, they already, they, that's already out. Something like that for genitals? Man, there's already, there's already those type of things out right now. Like there's already things like that you just put on your dick and it'll, it'll masturbate it for you. You no. already see, nigga, you already see what they doing with the rose and shit. It's already, it's, it's something sucking on their clit, licking it. And they could just stick something inside of them at the same time. Nigga, they don't need us now. <laughs> they don't need us already. The way you say they don't need us. <laughs> like, dead ass. They don't need, they already don't need us. Already. They only keeping us around because somebody got to give out sperm. Somebody got to keep doing this shit. It's probably enough sperm. Somebody got to carry the 32 it bags of groceries into the house in two trips. That's really what it is, cause they <laughs> man. Let me tell you, a woman hate bringing that water up. Like <laughs> that water heavy, bro. That water is heavy, especially if you at Walmart and you buying the case of forty, mm. nigga. That shit is heavy. That's, That's why the water never you. make it to the upstairs. It never. It always stay close to the door. And you come all the way down and get what you need and go back up with it. You don't take the whole yeah. case upstairs. Never, because at, at one point it just become the oh that's the that's you grab a bottle of water before you leave like, like that's what it's there for like it's designated leave the house water yeah right <laughs> grab it as you go no but, but that's really all they need us for because because right now, dude let me tell you there's things out there already doing that shit but I mean think about it though if that's the case right now okay. I've seen people mention how somebody tried to holler at him like at the grocery store or just somewhere in public and it made him uncomfortable. Or now when people are dating, they'll say it's before they ask you for your phone number, they'll ask you for your Instagram and they'll kind of vet you that way. They want to kind of see your your life highlights before they figure out, okay, I want to date you. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. When I first meet a girl... Like if you if you don't share some of your social, like if I can't find you on social or you don't need really share that with me, and I'll I'll even start out like, hey, you know, hey, you know, here you go. I'll send you a picture from my like I'll send something from Instagram, like I'll copy and paste it and put it in, in our chat, in our text message, and then I expect at some point for you to share socials back. Like I'll I'll initiate shit to kind of give you a reason to share socials back with me. Mm. Be like, oh yeah, hey. After I send the, the thing, I'd be like, oh yeah, hey. Here's my um, here's my uh, you know what's yours, like, I, cause cause I I need to kind of see, like, hey, hey, did she you know, did she have an Adam's apple back when she was a little younger? Did she <laughs> like you gotta look now? No, the reason I'm not laughing because this is real. Cause <laughs> that's dead I'm gonna be honest with you. I haven't been married that long, but the dating landscape has changed a Drastically. lot in the. In a very short period of time, and I'm not, I'm not co- trying to come off as pompous or anything like that. It's just now you old, <laughs> you old in this world. In this world, this particular world, you already retired, so you old in this world. Go ahead. It's continue. just I didn't think that was a thing. Like honestly, I I don't know. I just thought like 
it was more personal. You know what I mean? Like I would have felt more. I thought it would have been more comfortable to give somebody your phone number than to because again on your social media, well. I haven't really went all the way down on your feed, but you probably got pictures of your sister. You probably have a picture of your mother. You probably got pictures of people that you really care for on your socials. Like, I know I do. If you scroll all the way up on my on my IG, you will see people who are close to me. Like, you will see people that if I was on my on my deathbed, you will see people that I would want standing next to me. You get what I'm saying? So, I don't... It's almost indirectly introducing your family to a person without the formal introduction. So See, I would yeah, it's interesting that you put it that it's interesting that you think of it that way. Um I it depends on what you're looking for, right? Because right. a majority of your social media is pretty much dedicated to your family. Right. But if you go on my social media, you're not gonna see that. My social media is a bit more curated. It's really just me. It's, I highly doubt you're probably going to find pictures of like my family on my social. I'm trying to think if I've left any of those still up. They used to be, but they aren't anymore. Is that uh, is that's a choice? Is that part of choice. the culture now? Like the I would no, say no, no. the new social media culture where you kind of curate it and you only show what I mean. Excuse me. People show what they want to show, but you keep the focus on you and not everything about you. No, not always. Not always. But for me, I use my social medias to kind of build the brand, build my brand. You know what I'm saying? So I kind of looked at Instagram as a way to build my brand, my own personal brand. That's why my Instagram has my actual name in it. And it's me. Like, I'm not I'm not Dark Knight, whatever, whatever. Because I can't ever copyright that. That shit will never belong to me. That shit belongs to, to DC Warner and Brothers. Warner Brothers and all the other shit. You right. know what I'm saying? So... If anything is going to pop, it's going to pop off my name, off my brand. There is no other me. You know what I'm saying? There's plenty of Marvin Adams, but you get what I'm saying. Gotcha. So it's a deliberate choice with my particular Instagram. But with other people, I understand that you, you're going to run across, you're going to run across people who have, you know, their family and this, this, and that. But a majority of what people, like socials is kind of where you share your life, right? Your stories, you kind of get the people a sense of somebody's sense of humor. Like, social media is almost a little bit of a cheat code. I also get to know, hey, do you know people that I know? Because mm. I can see who who we share. Do we follow similar people? Do similar people I know follow you? There's there's little things that you can get to know. You can, I can almost pinpoint your friend group if I pay enough attention on your social. You know what I'm saying? Um, but for me, I like... I like the person-to-person conversation, exchanging numbers, the text messages, the phone calls. That's how I'm really getting to know you. The socials is just other background stuff. And if I can catch your sense of humor by the things that you throw in your story, like you threw up a certain meme, like I kind of can... It's a cheat code to kind of understand your sense of humor. You know what I'm saying? I, something similar. That's that's a simple example, but something like that. I get that. And I think the stories are probably a better gauge on the person's sense of humor and how they see the world versus their posts. Because isn't a person's post usually like their highlight reel? Somewhat, but some people... So it depends on what you're doing. And we're going to get off this in a second, but it depends on what you're doing. Because uh, you have those who have your... You have your social media for your personal life. You could have people who are bloggers. You could have people who only post travel shit. Like, it depends on what it is that your particular social is for. 
So okay. like everyone Last has socials question. for so many different things. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So say you shoot a screenshot of your Marvin X Adams, right? And she doesn't reply back with her personal whatever it may be. Let's say she replies back with her her her, her blogging brand. What would you how, how would you perceive that? She has what does she have multiple pages or yeah, does she, she has multiple have, pages. That's her, but she didn't share her personal page with you, although you shared your personal with hers. In the initial conversation, I'm not. I don't have a problem with that because that also gives me insight. Okay. If you if you like if you're if you have a travel page, you like to travel. You now more conversation can spark. Wow, can't believe you've been to Bora Bora. That's dope. How was it? How was the travel? How was t- travel to Thailand? How was that? Like we can have more conversation that can I kind of open up the limited stuff about hey what you watch today what you do today da 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 you know what I'm saying? Okay, that's not a good enough answer for you. No, 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 it's not offensive at all. What if she had a forex? No, I didn't say offensive. I said is that not a good enough answer for you? No, 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 it was good. It, uh, it makes sense. It's just it's. Uh, it's somewhat of a foreign concept because I didn't think that was a thing. But not only is it a thing, it's it's common. Like that is part of the dating culture now for people in our age range. To have socials, to share it outright. You don't have to share it outright. I'm not saying you share it outright. I'm, no, but some people I, do. I'm, like I said before, like some people before they share their number, they're sharing their social. Well, yeah, because it's also a it's also a barrier. So. I don't have to give you my phone number because eventually I can always block you on social media. I can never, I can erase you from my life on social media. You know what I'm saying? I give you my phone number that a lot more people have. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to have to change my number because you know it. But I can always, I can block you off social and never see you again. You know what I'm saying? I can see that as a protective layer for girls and even for some guys who don't want to give up so much at the beginning. If that if that's what they change for if that's what they exchange first, okay, I can see it. I guess in that case, you just got to be careful what you post. You can't post where you work. You can't post places you hang out at frequently, because if you fall out with the person you're talking to, and now they have all that information, they yeah. could pop up at these places. And if you if you if you gotta vet out, like you need to figure out what what it is about your pussy or your dick that's attracting them crazy motherfuckers that you gotta vet out like that. And the thing about crazy people, you don't know they're crazy until they crazy. Right. We went way off a topic off of metaverse sex toys. But anyways. That's where I wanted to stay, but you got on social and stayed on that motherfucker. It was interesting to me. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, 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 no. No, because it's it's such a foreign concept to you, but yeah. It is what it is. Not like metaverse Sex toys is a makes sense to me too, but it's just all of this shit is weird, man. You got to understand that where where we're headed in the world, we're more connected than we've ever been, and we're more disconnected than we ever been. I could literally get a job that if I never that wasn't so long. For, that is that should be the title. Stop. That's a bar. No, I'm I'm and I'm I'm sure I've heard that from somewhere, but it's the truth. We're the most connected than we've ever been. Like I know more about different places in the world that I've never been to than I've ever known. I know more about people than I've ever known. And I'm more I could be so disconnected from the world. I I could get a job right now that I never have to leave my house for. I can get my groceries delivered so I never have to leave. Everything I want, Amazon can bring to my house. 
I never technically have to leave my house. Ever. I never have to really talk to anybody physically. Like you could do so much shit with the right tools. Like you can do so much. We have so much at our grasp so easily. It's scary. And now you got that metaverse where like niggas get to go have a whole other life where they could kind of deal with interact with people and then never really physically have to interact with them. Let me ask this. What do you think is the uh is the attractive feature about dealing with people but not actually dealing with people, if that makes sense? Does that make mean? sense to what I'm asking? Like what do you mean? It seems like people are more attracted to the idea of dealing with someone virtually versus person-to-person interaction. Like, um, okay, we saw it when we was leaving school because when by the time we was leaving school, um, MySpace first became a thing. So you had girls that dudes wanted to holler at, but they never said nothing to them in person when they had the chance. But when they got on MySpace, they felt more comfortable sending a message. Why do you, you feel that is? you can hide behind a keyboard. You can hide behind a keyboard. But whether they been, say no in person or no on the keyboard, it's the same thing, is it not? You ever walked up, to, like, you ever seen a badass girl from the other side of the club, and she fine, fine, and you take, you build up the courage to walk over there, kind of dance your way over, you vibing a little bit, you see y'all catching the, you trying to catch her groove a little bit, and then you try to, slide over to dance with her a little bit and she looked back at you with the meanest who the fuck do you think you are face you ever been you ever had that embarrassing moment where now all you see everybody around is like oh shit (laughs) oh shit like you can see that moment that embarrassment a lot of people can't deal with you telling me no on the you telling me no real quick on there no nobody ever nobody ever has to see that but you and me I mean, if you paint it like that, sure, that's like one of the most way worst ways to be rejected. But in all honesty, how how common is that to be rejected that way? See, you, me, we both have a certain level of confidence, right? Like we can go up and talk to people. We're very personable. We're not everybody. You and I may have developed this when we were a lot a lot younger, but most people aren't like that. A lot of people aren't like that. I'm not going to say most, but a lot of people aren't like that. A lot of people don't want to, to get that level of reject. People hate to be rejected. The anxiety that builds up as you walk up to it, the, the, the fear, all, of, all that shit will fuck with you before. You, you, you already shoot yourself in the foot before you walk across the room. Okay. I can agree with that. So it's it's easier to hide behind a keyboard. You can hide behind a keyboard. You don't got to see her face when she say no. You ain't got to see her look at her friend and they be like, oh, this nigga dirty. Like, you you don't have to deal with none of the shit that your brain is going to make up while you're in that one little interaction. It probably was five seconds of your life, but in your mind, you're going to relive that moment the whole rest of the night while you walk back to your boys. You got to sit there. They looking at you a certain kind of way. Like, damn, bro. Okay, but I, to that point, I'll say this. Let's say it's that night in the club. You build up the confidence to walk over and say hi. She shoots you down in the worst way. She gives you that who the fuck you think you are face, right? Now you walk back to your boys with your head hanging low and they laugh at you. That moment for her and the people in that club, that moment died in the club. With your friends, they probably going to bring it up every once in a blue. Now, online, let's say you build up the courage and you try to shoot her a DM or whatever. 
and she screenshots this and it gets retweeted or whatever, the number of people that make that, that tweet makes an impression on, there's a good chance that might be larger than the population in that club who saw you got rejected. But these are people you don't know. You don't know the people in the club either, though, right? You knew all them niggas that were standing around you when you had to go back to the car. All your homeboys. You know what I'm saying? You and I, because you're thinking from your brain, from your brain where you had certain levels of confidence, a lot of people ain't like that. A lot of people who can't handle rejection. A lot of people, that rejection continues to stay in their mind forever. That little rejection that happens across the keyboard, she screenshot that, that you tried to talk to her. Okay. Well, I'm saying that same level of rejection is, exists virtually, is what I'm trying to say. You can still get embarrassed in front of people you don't know virtually the same way you can get embarrassed in person. At least in person, I think the moment dies quicker. That's your perspective. I, 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 think, I think if you... How many here? How many times since high school did you shoot a shot at somebody via Instagram, Facebook, Twitter... MySpace. Did you shoot a shot at a girl who you never shot your shot at back in high school? You graduated now. How many people did you shoot your... You know how many people shoot their shot now? Because they can? Or because they, they, they have the courage to do so? Because there's this distance between them? It Maybe. builds a certain level of false confidence. Especially when I don't have to look you in the face. No, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not disagreeing with you. The point I'm making is... I think to a degree, the same embarrassment you can face in person, you can face on, online. But I get you. It's different in person. Maybe in person, you take it more personally. They can look at you. They can ease you. Body language says more than what the mouth says. And it's it's not... 100%. So maybe it's not just her saying no. See, if online, you could just read the word no. But if and she looks over. you up and down... And she makes a funny face at that outfit you laid out three hours ago thinking you was going to kill it in. Hey. Now, you don't, you don't lost all confidence in that Aniche you wearing. And she says no. And now you got to walk back in your Stacey Adams with your Aniche shirt and your Jabo jeans. Nigga, this shit ain't even clean no more, kid. Like, I can't even wear this. Like, this ain't even my <laughs> Go Get Hoes outfit no more, kid. Like, that shit's <laughs> over. <laughs> I came out here to. I came out here to just. Hey, I'm finna, bro. I'm finna kill these hoes with it. Like I put on the, my best shoes. I went and got a haircut. I came out and put my best foot forward, and she still was like, "Ugh." <laughs> and my best foot forward, she still said, "Ugh." <laughs> that shit hurts, bro. Because uh, <laughs> at least safe. over, on, at least online, you can hide behind. Man, I man, I thought she was cute. I shot my shot. I really didn't care. If she said something, she said, like, you can come up with a, all this other shit later, but in front, nah, nigga, you walked all the way over there. You said something to her, and she looked at you like you wasn't shit. Like you was worse than the, than the dirt on her shoe, and you had to turn right back around and look your boys in the face. And now, the thing is, the crazy thing is, the reason why I know people can't handle rejection is because you either deal with it internally or you're a whole fucking hoe about it. Where you turn around, now all of a sudden, <laughs> you, you turn around and all of a sudden, she's a bitch, she's this, she's that. She ain't shit. Yo, dusty ass, dusty ass bitch gonna try to tell me, you can't talk to me, but you gonna talk to it. Like, you turn into that nigga? There's a lot more of those niggas than you give that are out there. Like, like, if you think about it. So a lot of people don't handle rejection well, period. 
Yeah, you got the one who's going to internalize it or the one who's going to make it out like this girl is the worst fucking thing in the world. And we from Miami. You know how many times you've seen that shit. Oh, no, no, no. We, uh, we've seen that a lot. We've seen that a, a lot from... We've seen it from people we personally know and we've seen it from strangers. Yeah, that's common. It's not... I mean, not making an excuse for it. That's fucked up. You shouldn't do that. Because at the end of the day, no matter how she told you, no niggas or no, fuck it. Pick your face up and move on. We've all had our face stomped on the floor. Figuratively speaking. Agreed. But I'm not pretty everybody's... Sure, I'm pretty sure if I would ask you right now, what's the worst way you've been rejected? Although I'm not going to, but if I were to say that, you can remember it. Nigga, I just told you. I walked over to the table. Oh, that was a personal experience? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a random scenario. My bad. <laughs> no, nah, nigga. I can still picture like a Dave Chappelle skit when I walked all the way over there. <laughs> How fine was we she? in the middle iguanas? I walked my ass all the way over there, over there by the little tiki hut, little bar. I walked my ass all the way over there. <laughs> I done already done tap my dog. Hey, dog, she bad. One for to go over there and say something. Hey, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so we leave our group. I, you know, my dog came with me to run the, you know, run the interference like you know, like real niggas should at least. From what we saw on TV, that's how it's supposed to work. We walked our ass over there. You know what I'm saying? Our friends is cool. We all kind of vibing. And then we wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and then we wasn't. <laughs> now I gotta slide back and ease my way back with my little, my little, my little sad ass corona in my hand. It just <laughs> Going on about my day. And that's it. Because I ain't finna approach nobody else for the rest of the day. (laughs) (laughs) And then you get that one homeboy that know what's happened, but he asked you, so what happened? You bitch ass nigga, you saw what happened. (laughs) Nigga, you saw what happened. And now, and now I had to walk back over there and do what I was trained to do. Man, that pussy hold on. She ain't shit. (laughs) Oh, man. Let's bring it in, man. Ladies and gentlemen, and all those in between and outside of those constructs, I know it's been a minute, but welcome to another episode of the Samurai Professionals Podcast, the podcast where two young professionals bring issues to the table, and we chop it up. I'm your co-host, Marvin, a.k.a. Young Saint. I don't know how much longer I'll be able to say this, so I'm going to go ahead and say it, a.k.a. Mr. Flexo and the Lexo, about to make your best hoe my next hoe. That man beyond, Charles Flex Xavier, a.k.a. Joe Byron. Bing bong. What's up, baby? Take me out to dinner. Hey, yo. New year, new me. It's like, I'm just kidding. Still the same dude from last week and the week before. Quite frankly, I'm half Samurai Pro, half F&D, so talk nice when you see me. I stay wildin'. I don't resort to violence. I'm on resorts and islands. Check the gram, fam, in case you thought thought I was was lying. lying. To be frank, I can only be who I say I be. The F and F and D, one half of this P.O.D., who else but me? It's Frank. Let's chop it up. Let's chop it up, bro. Like we've been fucking doing. Woo. Right? It's been a while. Like, literally, we haven't really spoke since the last time we recorded. I mean, we might have sent some messages here and there. It's been brief, but we haven't really spoken to each other in about probably two solid weeks, maybe three. Um, I, I you know... We we have spoken to each other, but it's been more business shit than it really been on some personal shit, and to really like chop some shit up than yeah, it's it been brief. anything else. So, 
Yeah. Like we really, we really, really took a break. And I and I'm glad because I honestly I'm not gonna lie to y'all. Creatively, I was burning out. And and that's part of the creative process. Cause you're gonna you're gonna burn out sometimes. But creatively, I was burning out and we needed the two weeks. We and we didn't intend to leave y'all hanging as long as we did. We had some other stuff that we were gonna put out during those two weeks, but creatively, I, I meant to, I could tell you myself, I was burnt out. It was a, I just, it had been a long year. It had been a long year. Um, in the same boat. <clears throat> um, okay. I wanted to take some time off from work at the end of the year, but man, I was getting my ass kicked with projects, trying to have, trying to turn things in on time. I didn't, even when we wasn't recording, I didn't have a moment off. Uh, I took Christmas off to, you know, kick with the family and New Year's, but other than that, I mean, you can ask my wife. I was working day and night, and one night I even pulled an all nighter. So it, 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 I didn't have much in the in the tank anyway to to put out content. So it was the break was much needed, but uh, it is what it well, is. We back, man. We back. we back. We back. Other than other than the work and everything, how was the break for you? How you been since the holidays? How was the holidays for you? The holidays was good. Um, spun time with the family. I mean, we didn't go to house to house because, you know, Omicron ain't playing and that's the numbers of the people getting affected is crazy. So we kind of kept to ourselves, but Man. it was nice to, uh, have Christmas with the girls. We did our best to wrap up the gifts so they can go and tear the, you know, tear the gifts open and all that, but they didn't do it like we wanted them to do it, but it's all good. They still enjoy their gifts. We got them like tablets and laptops and stuff. Okay, that's what's up. That's How about up. you? For for me, I, I did I did spend it with I did spend it with family. Um, I did spend it with family. I, I you know I, we did do Christmas here at my house. Um, you know, as wild as Omar. and when I say family, I mean like my close close circle of family, like my immediate family. Um, my brothers, my sister, my brother, my sister, my my mom and my niece. You know, like the very close knit. Um, it was, it was nice. It wasn't, I could, it just, it didn't feel as much like Christmas this year. Like, I feel like last year was better. Cause I think it was just our first initial contact with people again. You know what I'm saying? This year, uh, it really didn't feel like it. And as we're in coronavirus season three, you know, I just watched that premiere and that shit's been kind of crazy. Cause nigga, COVID, COVID is running rampant right now. I was a close contact to someone who had COVID. <laughs> I spent six hours with, I spent six hours with her. There's no way I shouldn't have COVID. <laughs> and, I, and somehow I didn't, you know what I'm saying? And it picks and chooses, but I know so many people who got COVID over the last three weeks. Like this shit is, this Omarion touch, he is everywhere. That nigga is not playing no games. I saw a meme the other day that said, hey, this this Omarion is really, he really, he really doing it for Lil Saint. Like he really is. Like he making sure everybody getting served right now. Like he really doing his job. <laughs> no, man. I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, once people started getting vaccinated and they started lifting these restrictions as if those vaccinations was the end all be all, uh, the variant mutated and we're like back at square one, it feels like. It's like, okay, you know what? Everybody wear your mask and stay away from each other. But now people are fatigued with all that. So it's like, even though the numbers are going up, people, you can see it when you go out. People are still like, man, fuck it. I'm not going to wear the mask. I'm not going to give you six feet. 
And if I get it, I get it. Bruh, I, I was in the grocery store the other day. I had to look back at the lady like, ma'am, you don't see the sticker on the floor? <laughs> That's what you, like, you know, you get a look, you got to, you know, we don't, I'm already intimidating as a black man. So, you know, you got to give her the look like, I'm going to look at the sticker and I'm going to look at you. I'm going to look at the sticker and I'm going to look at you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like fuck that. You, I know you see the sticker, right? Let's get back there. Got to hit him with the nonverbals. You know, the number, like, I, you position yourself firmly on your sticker. Like, okay, this is my sticker. I'm going to look back at you. That's your sticker. <laughs> you probably should get there. <laughs> Why the fuck you so close to me? And man, it's 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 gotten crazy, man. Uh it and it just it just it feels this one's way more contagious. And I heard Rudy Gobert just 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 tested positive for COVID. And I seen a tweet that said, by my calculations, the world should shut down next week. Um, we're gonna hear Tom Hanks has it, and then you know, it's just gonna be a retread of COVID season one, 2020. So Yeah. That's what that's how it happened. He touched all them damn microphones, and next thing you know, his ass had it. Boom! It was everywhere. The second the NBA shut down, to all of us was like, "Oh, oh, oh! It's it's a it's a virus, virus." That's what really sparked it for everybody. Like, "Oh, this shit serious. We're not gonna get no basketball. Not even in a bubble." Okay. No, that was before the bubble, because they shut down basketball, and they had right. to figure out a way to bring basketball back. Then they put then everybody we in the a bubble. bubble. But during that time, people was mad at Rudy Gobert as if he was the nigga that he was started reckless it. With it. He was just reckless with it, and that was the issue. He didn't take it serious, and he was so outlandishly not taking it serious, and then everyone around him got sick. And it was like, see? See? You're the example, nigga. <laughs> but um, how'd you, how'd you guys bring in the New Year's? At home. Normally, we go to church, and we bring it in at church, but... This time we watched church, so but then again, you a I know, right? Ass nigga, dog. <laughs> like, I know, I know. I, you a but to be honest with you, nigga. I never really partied on New Year's like that. And it was one when I started going to church with the family, but even before I, I w- was going to church with the family, I never did New Year's parties like that because my mother was, uh, I wasn't going to say my mother was strict, but she had her things that she didn't been to. Like Halloween parties, my mother was not about that. She wouldn't let me go out for Halloween parties. And New Year's parties, she always felt like there was crazy people on the streets shooting this shit for New Year's. So she's like, look, I don't want you out at some parties where, you know, where it's not safe. So growing up, I never really did Halloween parties or New Year's parties. So Same, but but I'm talking, I mean, after you were 18, before you got married, we're talking like 10 years of time. <laughs> What were you doing? You didn't go out? You didn't go nowhere? No, not really, because the parties that were happening weren't parties that really excited me. I always wanted to do a tuxedo New Year's party. I always thought those were so cool. You know? So I did my first suit New Year's party 2019. Because, you know, it was going to 2020. It was about to be a big year. Right. (laughs) So, I mean, we were at the W on a rooftop. Big party. I think DJ... Laz or one of them, one of them Power 96 DJs was there, brought the New Year's in right. See, I've always wanted to do something like that. Never had an opportunity. Beautiful night on a rooftop, 20, 30 floors up. And this night, great. Like, it looked great. Loved it. You know, you paid your, you paid your thing to get in there. So liquor was covered, all of that. Great time. One of the great, like, honestly, it's my lad. That was the last, like, 
big go out go out event. You know what I'm saying? Like a do it up, do it up real big. Yeah, and then um, you know, 2020 happened. But at least you got to celebrate it in such a dope way. I mean, it was a great way. Believe me, I'm not I'm not mad about it. That's why I asked. And so this year for me, I spent it at home. And I had no problem doing it either. Like, you know, I sat down, I had, you know, just brought it in peacefully. Glass of wine, couple pe you know what I'm saying? Just just nice, calm, nothing crazy. I'm American, you're Haitian. You is there a difference in like New Year's Eve traditions? Yeah, we other eat than, soup. Other than the soup. Okay. Other than the soup. Oh. Other than the soup. Because y'all have the soup. And depending on where you're from, like from my family, one of the traditions is um, we always have black eyed peas and fish. I don't know why that's a thing, but it's supposed to like spark off your 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 year with some good luck. Yeah, I'm about to say don't fish mean good luck, but okay, you said that. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. And then you have those other what what like what do you okay, let's see some other New Year's traditions. Um, watching the ball drop from whatever channel you're gonna watch the ball drop from. From they oh, used to another tradition that's not widely spoken about. Like I know my family does. A couple of other people do this. They eat grapes. So you would take hmm. seeded grapes and you take one grape for every month. So you take twelve grapes, and when you eat them, you save the seeds. And depending on how many seeds you you end up with, that's how many blessings you're supposed to have for that year. Oh, I like that. I like that. That's that's kind of dope. Yeah. So I We'd do have to that get the too. Big grapes, because I want more blessings. Yeah. I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, you get the big grapes that have about four seeds per grape. You save them, you know, dry the seeds out, and you put them in aluminum foil. You keep them, and sometimes you kind of save it with some money next to it. So you kind of want your blessings to be financial. That's another tradition. That's it's a smaller one, and I don't even think that's like a Haitian tradition because I know people that are American that do it. That's dope. I had never thought of it. I mean, I've heard of it, but I had never thought of the meaning of it. Like I heard people say they eat grapes, but I never asked them why. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, you saved the that's, seeds. That's interesting. I never thought of it. You ever did the kiss at midnight thing? Yes. I don't think I've ever done that. <laughs> but no, see, I take that like... back. Cause I cause as soon as I said that, I pictured the three times it happened. <laughs> so that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> as as but the that. thing is, like when 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 you think about like when somebody says a kiss at midnight, you you think about it in an exciting setting. Again, you think about you wearing that tuxedo suit. She probably wearing a nice sequence dress. The ball drops. There's fireworks. Boom! Y'all kiss. It never happened like that for me. It was always like this New Year's. The way it happened was, Frank, wake up. It's it's, it's New Year's. Give me a kiss. Give my wife a kiss. Give the girls a kiss. I roll over, go back to bed. It's not exciting. That's real love. Let me tell you, morning breath kisses, kisses after your mouth been closed about 45 minutes. I don't, I don't want it. That's, that's a love I am not here for. Woo. Wake up, give me a kiss. Mm -mm, mm. I'd rather you stay asleep and just pop one while you sleep because your lips still closed. <laughs> Man, I think I was a, man. I think I was gone by eleven thirty. I was like, man, I'm not, I'm not finna stay up to midnight. You I had, I had no incentive to keeping me up this late. Like, why? You so washed. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I am. <laughs> so speaking of kisses, did how, did your mother ever teach you um, how to kiss? No. 
<laughs> Absolutely not. I'm just asking because I'm, I'm trying to see if maybe maybe I missed out on an experience that that apparently the rest of the world was experiencing because Jim Jones said that shit like it was normal. I saw that. I kind of cringed when he said it too. Like I don't, I don't. That's you know when you hear people say you said the quiet part out loud. It was one of those. <laughs> like, hey, I love that. I love that. I've never heard that before. I love that. I'm using that. Okay. You said the yeah, quiet like, part out loud. Yeah, you said the quiet part out loud. Like, maybe it's one of those things where he thought it was normal, so he had no problem sharing it. Like, yeah, we right. did this in my house, and then it's one of those things where everybody kind of look at each other like. Nigga, that ain't supposed to happen. And then you're the last to know that that's not normal. So now you look weird to everybody. Yeah, See, that's definitely. When he, when he said it and he was like, oh, you know, my mom was like 17. She was young. You know, and I was like, well, when she taught you, you said you was like nine or 10. She was a smooth 27. <laughs> like She was old enough to fuck? have some damn sense. And I understand, you know, kids raising kids. Like, I understand there's certain things that, you know, you don't know. But that just seemed... And I'm not going to lie to you. As someone who used to watch some very early seasons of Love & Hip Hop, it explained a lot. <laughs> it explained... Because there used to be times where Jim Jones' mom used to be on the show. And I used to be like, her territorial ass actions are a little strong for for just a regular mother-in-law. You know what I'm saying? Like... I don't, I don't know, dog. I don't know. It made me. It made me think back to them days. I haven't seen those episodes, but help me out. Was she like Tommy Egan's mom on Power? Man, way worse than that. Jeez, way worse than that. Like always in his business, always fighting with his girl, getting her, getting involved in every little thing. And that's back before it was so scripted. Where, you know what I'm saying? Like, the, the early days, it wasn't as scripted. We didn't realize that they had to, you know, script all that reality TV shit. They, it wasn't as scripted. They would put people in situations, but it wasn't as scripted. Nigga, it used to be times I was like, whoa, okay. I don't know. That, it just her interact. People always felt the little, that, that their relationship was a little too close, a little weird. But he said that shit, and he said it so plain. And you could tell everybody else in the room. Like, there was one girl, uh, Stephanie Santiago, who was also on the show on Lip Service, where he said this shit on Angela Yee's Lip Service. And she was like, you know, she stopped kissing her son. You know, because, you know, I understand when y'all, when you're a parent, you know, you might have parents who like, you know, give you a kiss on the lip, stuff like that, when y'all say hello and all that. That's different cultures, you know, what have you. But your mom teach you how to tongue kiss? Bro, I don't know about that one. I think all parents, they kiss their babies on the mouth. But at a certain age, that kiss on the mouth turns to kisses on the cheek, and that's it. Like, you no longer kiss your child on the mouth. And, like, and I, I, the whole tongue kissing thing, I don't think that's ever something a parent does to their child. That's, that's just odd. So I'm going to take it as, I'm going to take it as you're not going to teach your daughters this. Because if you nah. are, we could call CPS right now. Like, yeah, I'm about to say, yeah. <laughs> Hell no. Nah. Hell no. Nah. Tell your wife, go ahead and get them kids up out of there now. Honestly, <laughs> when it comes time. to something like that, I don't even think they're going to have that conversation with me. They'll have conversations with me about boys. Like, uh, this is what I'm expecting as a father. Okay. When they start liking boys, you know, probably, I'm assuming they're going to start liking boys and wanting to date 
at about maybe 13, 14, around there. Probably leaving middle school, getting into high school. Might be a little... To the point where they're ready to talk to me. They're going to okay. like boys earlier than that. But when it, when it comes to the point where they're curious about actions, and they're going to be... They're not going to tell me they like boys, but I'm going to understand they like boys because it's going to be questions like, so when he throws a dodgeball at my head, what does that mean? When I start getting questions like that, then I'm going to know, okay, she's pretty soon she's going to start dating. That's what I'm, that's what I'm expecting. Little boy does something, it confuses her. She's going to come and ask me, what does this mean? At no point do I ever see my daughters coming up to me and say, Hey, how do I kiss this person? Or how do I no. touch this person? Agreed. I, I just, <laughs> I just <laughs> You can't imagine it. No, man. That's that's like an auntie question. You don't ask me that. <laughs> you don't ask your mom that. You're gonna have to talk to you're gonna have to figure out which is the cool auntie. And then, you know, yeah, I kind of see how you got to. <laughs> yeah, that's I think that's how it works normally, right? You find out who the cool uncle is, who the cool auntie. Or if you got an older sibling that got a good cushion of age on y'all, you go to them like, hey, help me not look like an idiot in these streets. Like, how do I do this? And then they kind of give you the game. Okay. So you had a different situation. See, I am the oldest. I am the oldest sibling on both oh, so sides. You, you have no, to no, fuck no, no. up for everybody. So I am the oldest sibling, and from from oldest to youngest, we're only talking about six, seven years, right? And there's a lot of us. It ain't like it ain't like like every other year there was a kid. So it ain't like there's this large gap between me and and my next sibling, right? So I think. Your perspective is a little different because you had Don. Don was already 10 years older than you. So by the time you was even thinking about that shit, he was already 19, 20. He had already lived life. He had already graduated high school by this point. You know what I'm saying? Like, one, I'm not mad that his mom wanted to talk to him about talking to girls. There needs to be a balance. Because I don't think either you or me, because I think we talked about this in the past, we never had, like, the sex conversation with our parents. Fathers weren't around anyway, but mothers, definitely, we didn't have that conversation with. Everything good? You could hear oh. her? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she it was, was like a fussy. Um, okay, okay. You know, it was like time. a scream, scream. I was scared. I was like, okay. That's how she cries. when, she, Like, it progresses. Like, it'll start off like a normal cry. But the longer you take to attend to her needs, it turns into a scream. Like, so, I know you hear me. Exactly. It's one of those. Fate is great at giving you attitude. That cry you just heard, that's the cry plus the attitude in the cry. So she's okay. Like, get your ass in here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What was I saying? I was saying, neither one of us had that conversation. I think we need to find the balance between the two. Like, I think conversations are probably like the sex conversations and all I think they're probably best in the home if you want to get across what you really want to get across to your children. You want to make sure that they learn shit in a healthy way and not kind of... Because the way we learn shit probably wasn't the best in hindsight, but we learned what we learned and, I mean, it worked out for us. You're married. You know what I'm saying? You know, Clearly, you know about sex. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, I think... Our generation needs to do it better than the previous. 
clearly, clearly, we need right. to do it better than the previous um, to make sure that our kids are more prepared to be out here in the world a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you, I'm going to give me and my wife. It's not just going to be one of us. We're both going to give our daughters like the quote unquote birds and the bees talks. But when it comes to the, I would say the finer detail of things, I highly doubt they would come to us and ask, how do we tongue kiss people? Or how do we do any sexual, physical act? I just don't, I, I just don't see that happening. And if, and if I am blindsided with it, ain't no way in hell I'm going to physically show you that's, that's wrong. Just not right. That nigga said it nonchalantly, too. I saw that clip today. I, I didn't think he was going to bring that up because I just saw it. I thought it was just posted today. <laughs> I'm glad you saw it. When I saw it, I was like, that's weird. And again, he seemed like he didn't understand why people was tripping on it. You know, he, he came back He came back, and he was like, oh, you know, he was just joking. He, he made a comment later. He tried to clean like, it up. At that point, yeah. no, we've already made the weird faces, so you're stuck. And you know that's the part that's going to go viral. And however you try it to clean it up. It wasn't in the interview. It oh. was after. So, bro, nah, you only a- reacting because you realized the rest of the world was like, nah, nigga, that's just not normal. And he got a whole bunch of text messages. He probably saw what people said on Twitter or whatever, but it was definitely a reaction to the initial oh, statement. Yeah. It always sucks when you're the last to know something about your own actions where you think you did something that's okay or tolerable or socially acceptable. And mm. then everybody comes at you later like, nah, that's not how it goes. Nah, son. That ain't, yeah. that ain't the wave. <laughs> that ain't the wave. And that's, it always sucks to be on that end of it like, oh, fuck. I didn't, I didn't know that was not the thing to do. Totally agree. Hey, we're going to take a break right here. We'll be right back. This episode of the Samurai Professionals Podcast is brought to you by our proud sponsor, FND. FND, we're more than just clothing. We are the culture, we are the people, we are you. Visit us at FND.com. That's E F E N D E E.com. To save 10% on all purchases, use coupon code Samurai Pro at checkout. All right, everybody, welcome back. Man, um, you know, both me and Frank both telling you how crazy work had gotten toward the end of the year. Like work had gotten crazy for me at the end of the at the end of the year. I was I was able to take some time off toward the end of the year, but man, when I tell you the pressure of trying to get the time off, I, I don't think people understand that about people who can who have PTO and can take time. If you have a job that and I'm not saying I'm I'm gonna use teachers as an example for one, and then I'm gonna use a professional who has to work year round, right? Like if a teacher has very cyclical things that happen, and then like there's a built in break, <laughs> like two weeks, you don't gotta worry about shit. Not no progress reports. You don't gotta grade no papers. You don't gotta worry about no snotty nosed little ass kids trying to share masks. None of that shit. You don't gotta worry about none of that shit for two whole weeks. A lot of these rest of the world. Ain't no summer break. Like, you know, we in it. Like, we in it every week. So, in order to get time off and to make sure that you don't, like, make sure you don't have a bunch of shit waiting for you when you get back, which you inevitably will have something, but you don't want shit to build, continue. So, you work so hard to your last day to make sure, like, hey, 
I don't need shit to happen while I'm gone. It need to be smooth saying like, I don't mind coming back to six, 700 emails as long as it ain't anything that I could have prevented while I was building up to my vacation. You know what I'm saying? I don't think it's spoken about enough. Like the work you put in that week before your vacation, you be working, you be working. Like I was working 10, 12 hour days just trying to make sure I ain't shit go wrong. Yeah, because you're trying to, you're trying to put out fires before they even start. Because the last thing you want coming back from a vacation is sh- is everything going crazy, and now you got to play catch up on all of that, and then do the work that's pending for you to continue on in the year. So you do all you can at the end of the year to make sure that when you start back working again, you will have the easiest start that you can possibly have, and you're not putting exactly. out no fires. Exactly. And man, sometimes you go. You know, it's not always, every day is not going to be the same. You're going to go sit at your desk and one day you're going to be like, man, this was a good day. I got a lot done. And then some days you're going to go there and be like, man, fuck this job. They can have this shit. (laughs) And if fuck my job was a person, his name would be Antonio Brown. Let's talk about it. We've been arguing. Me and Frank... We haven't physically had a conversation, but we've been trying to not argue about this one thing for a little while now since it started this week. So let's go. Let's go. Antonio Brown played on Sunday with the Bucks. He got into it with Bruce Arians and he left the field. Took off his jersey. One of his teammates was trying to get him to keep it on. Took off his jersey, took off his his shirt. Threw it into the crowd, and while the play was while play was happening, he ran across the end zone, went inside. That sparked all sorts of controversy about what happened. Okay, so that happened on Sunday. That was that was just the visual of the fans that the fans received. Antonio Antonio Brown talking to his coach. Well, actually, you didn't even get the talking to the coach portion. What you got was him saying something to his teammate taking off his pads with the jersey, and then, like Marvin said, he took his shirt off, and while the while the game was still in action, he runs across the end zone, looking at the fans, even, like, throwing up a peace sign or some shit. He runs into the tunnel. Shortly thereafter, he calls an Uber, and he's gone. That's what you. That's what the fans see on Monday. That's all they know. So come Monday, all sports heads are talking about it, and, of course, they're crucifying uh, Antonio Brown. Come Tuesday... Antonio Brown puts out a statement, like Tuesday or Wednesday, he puts out a long statement explaining his side of the story. And what he's saying is he had an injury. He told the coach he couldn't play on that ankle anymore. The coach wanted him in the game. Um, He said he couldn't go. The coach said, okay, well, you're done. So he's saying he didn't quit on his team. He was fired. After that, after his statement came out, um... They interviewed Bruce Arians, who was the coach for the Bucks, and he had a different story. What he's saying is that, yes, he had a conversation with Antonio Brown about the ankle, but he said, look, if you're good to play, we'll love to have you. I mean, Antonio Brown did play. He had a couple of plays. Uh, he had a couple of targets. Um, but then, I don't know, it's just, I, I think there are, they're both not telling the complete story, 
there's a little truth. Well, to every perspective, every story is gonna have. Everybody's gonna tell their perspective of the way the story played out. You also left out the whole thing about the text messages and the conversation, which we'll get into. But right. Um, I want you to tell yeah. me your opinion. Tell me your opinion. Your your thing that you wanted to. Okay, my opinion is there's a little truth on both sides. I think. Let me see the quickest way I could sum it up. Antonio Brown plays. Um, he probably is not getting the targets he wants to get. Mm. He throws a bitch fit. I want to also include that there were certain incentives that he needed to reach to get a million dollars off of this game. But go ahead, continue. Okay. So he's he doesn't get the ball as much as he wants to get. And I think that's common. Most receivers want the ball all the time. So I didn't think a big deal of that. Um, so he throws a fit. Um, the coach wants him to go back in the game because they're probably going to run a package that he's a key figure in. Then by him throwing a fit, he tells the coach, no, nah, I don't want to go back in. And he uses the ankle as an excuse to not go back in to kind of protest him not getting a ball. Now, if you were just playing in the game and you wasn't favoring the ankle, but now you're going to use the ankle as an excuse, that might look funny to the coach. So the coach is like, all right, since you're not going to want to come in now, you don't need to come into the game no more. Not necessarily firing him, but telling him you're done for this game. So if you don't want to play in this down, don't come back in the game no more. Antonio Brown gets upset and further protests. He takes his jersey off and all that shit, and he puts on the show he puts on. So now it gets to the media. Bruce Arians is saying, yeah, I knew about the angle, and I said if you could play, we'll love to have you. He played. Um, whatever. And then when he said he wasn't ready to play, I said, you're done. There's some truth to that, I believe. But where I believe a lot of confusion is coming in, Antonio Brown, in his story, he's making himself look like the complete victim, which I don't believe he's a complete victim. Okay, thank you. Because I was waiting, because like you rehashed what you had rehashed already. So I was like, you're, you're telling the story again, but tell me, tell me why, tell me where you feel... Antonio Brown may have been wrong. Tell me where if you side with him, if you side with Bruce Arians. Like that's kind of because the way we're wrong, telling. Okay. But my tell opinion is um, they both tell the everybody's a hero in their own story. Bruce Arians is saying, you know, he probably dealing with Antonio Brown's attitude. He told Antonio Brown he's done. So that way he looks like his thing was a reaction that, hey, I didn't kick him off the team. He was being this way, being disruptive to the team. I told him he's done. Antonio Brown tells the story from the perspective of hey, I was hurt. They was forcing me to play. I didn't want to play. So then I got fired, which is a believable story for an athlete because you had in the past teams forcing an athlete to play, although they were injured. Like there was a a, a, a player for the Dolphins. I think he either played corner or receiver. He had a toe injury. They forced him to play so much so to the point where he had to get the toe amputated. So it's not uncommon to hear a team forcing an athlete to play. That's happening. Honestly, it's less common now than it has ever been. Less common now, but it's happened. I'm not, I'm not saying It's happened that. in the past. It's happened okay. in the past, but it's less common now because the way the thing, the way that they have, like, there's limited practice. There's only X amount of practices you can run with people. There's only X amount of things. There's so many things you have to do to get medical clearances and all of that. The thing that bothered me about the Antonio Brown, I don't mean to cut you off, but the thing that bothered me about the Antonio Brown thing was the text messages that people were trying to use as proof that Bruce Arian knew that he had this bad, bad ankle injury and and he's still forced him to play. Because that's not what that text message said. 
whatsoever. The text message pretty much backed up what Bruce Arians was saying to me, which was, I knew about that. He, he said, hey, man, I got an ankle injury. I'll let you know, you know, if 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 I feel good in the morning, I'll play. And Bruce Arians was like, okay, come see me in the morning. That's just, That's all that text message said. So I'm trying to understand where there's people who are saying as if Bruce Arians like forced him to to run on this ankle because I didn't get that. And the same the same ankle that he claimed was so hurt, he skipped and ran across the thing and waved at the fans and did all the shit that he did on the way out. Okay, and believe so, me, I'm not fighting for the white man because I believe, yes, like you, you said, I believe. No, I'm not. No, I'm yes, not. You are. Absolutely not. I understand you're trying to fuck with me, but absolutely not. <laughs> I'm gonna make sure they hear that. Absolutely not. I'm not gonna argue about if the white man was. I'm. What I'm saying is, he's trying to make himself look like the victim, and he's not just the victim. Yes. Did you have an ankle? Was it probably bothering you? Probably. It probably was. A lot of athletes play with injuries. I'm sure. I literally watched my favorite athlete snap his finger back in and walk back in the game. I'm sure there was swelling. I'm sure there was. And he went and dribbled that ball anyway. KB24. Come on. Kobe. It's Kobe. I think everybody knows who you're talking about. You didn't have to. Just, just, that. For, just for clarity for those who don't. Oh, okay. But what I'm saying is a lot of athletes Probably play with was injury. Swelling, it definitely swelling. No yeah, question. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> everybody don't know. Even everybody Tim Duncan looked at him student. on that play was like, dude, are you serious? And he looked at he looked at Tim and was like, nah, man, we're good. Let's go. <laughs> he did. But but many athletes play with, you know, you're not feeling well here. You're you know, you got an ailment there, whatever, whatever. But at no point did the the proof that he put out was proof that they forced him to go play on a bad ankle. I didn't get that. What he put out was essentially like, hey, you know, I told him about my, I told him that my ankle wasn't good. I told him I'll let him know how I feel. And then Bruce Arian said, okay, we'll talk in the morning. And then he was on the field running all the routes. So I, all I'm saying, like, so, could the ankle have been bothering him? Sure. But was it bothering you enough to not get in the game? Because I didn't, I, my thing is. Okay. And that's what I was saying. It's a little bit of truth to both sides. Him not getting back in the game and saying, oh, my ankle is the reason, is him protesting not getting targeted enough. So he okay. just can't come out and say, no, nah, I don't want I don't want to play no more and, and just throw a hissy fit like that. So he uses the ankle as an excuse. Hey, AB, a- get back in there. Nah, I, I, I can't play. Why won't you get back in? Uh, my ankle. Nah, nigga, your ankle wasn't hurting. You're doing this in protest because Tom ain't throw the ball to you enough. Okay, so if you feel like you can't play, you're not going to come back in the game no more. Well, if you're telling me I can't come back in the game no more, I'm going to say that you fired me. So I'm going to just take my shit off and go. Okay, fuck it. Go. That's what I think happened. But the way they're dressing that story up, it it looks like two guys with egos got into a pissing match. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. Two guys with an ego got into a pissing match. And nobody wanted to give. So now it went as far as it did. And now both sides are forced to play cleanup. But if I had to place a bigger blame on either person, I'm placing the bigger blame on Antonio. Okay. I, I place the bigger blame on how it, especially how it blew up toward the end on him. Because I think this could have been resolved had not had all of that not happened. You're you know placing it on Antonio as well? 
What? Like, if you had to pick one person to place the blame on all of this, like, the bigger contributor... No, because the blame is on both sides. Because you just said... It is on both sides. It's two men with egos. But if you had, if you said, okay, if you if you had to say one person contributed fifty one percent to to a hundred percent of the things that happened, who contributed fifty one percent? Well, we can only go by what we see. So what we see is the guy doing all the antics, exploding, and all that. So I'm gonna go with what I see. You know what I'm saying? I'm going with the guy who, especially the guy who has a history of kind of being, as they love to throw on on athletes, on being a head case. You know what I'm saying? He has the history of the things he did at Pittsburgh. He has the things that the things he did at Oakland, yelling at the GM so that they could fire him, then celebrating when they finally released him and jumping in the pool and all that shit, and then going up to going up to the Patriots and going through all the shit he went through up there. Like, why? He's had a history of this stuff. So, if you were making me choose the guy who has a history of things like this happening, I'm going to lean to Antonio Brown. Now, AB has AB had a lot of things go on. And I was listening to the Joe Budden podcast earlier today, and they pointed out that they even showed a clip um, of AB getting hit by by Vontae Burfick some years back when he was still playing for the Steelers. It's like one of the more one of the more vicious hits I've seen in a long time. Burfick the is, the is uh yeah, yeah, and he's been known for the ridiculous plays. Uh, you know, like he just can't figure out how not to do this shit. He he almost has one like every other year. You know what I'm saying? To this day, if he's still in the league, I can't recall at the moment, but I, I feel like he is. Um, and pe- and they were bringing up that said like people around him say he hasn't really been the same since, right? They're you know citing CTE and all these other things, and I'm sure Antonio Brown had certain levels of eccentric. You know, there was some eccentric characteristics to him prior to right but i think tom brady probably said it the best of all the people who in, who who reacted to this to the situation he was like we need to and who would have thought that that the trump hat maga hat wearing tom brady would be the most the person with the most voice of reason in the situation where he was like hey with all that he that's going on with him we know we need to treat him with a little bit more empathy that's rare you know what I'm saying? It's rare for someone at that level to be like, hey, a guy who abandoned my team, you know, like we got to treat him with a little bit more empathy. And that's true. The the I don't think we're we're literally watching somebody who feels like this is the only way to make a case for him to still get a job again. He thinks he's getting another job. And I've, I honestly, he probably will. I was about to say, he's still really good. He's still good really chance. good. Yeah, it's a good chance. Because even, even on that bum ankle, there was a play where he made that cornerback look stupid. He got him to turn around three times on the play and and made the catch on him. So he can still play. So they say there's many who say that he gets like to, he, has, he has the best separation. He can create the best separation between him and a DB than any other player ever to play the game. Like his his footwork is phenomenal. So I'm not taking away from his his talent on the field, but I think there's things, and we have seen time and time again where he has had these these I don't want to call them mental breakdowns, but I'm like these immature these acts. behaviors That's what they are. where you yeah these behaviors where you can tell that there's there's something deeper at the root of it. You know what I'm saying? And I think that needs to be addressed. 
and the people around him need to address it. And the team who takes him in, who understands that he's going to, you're either going to deal with the fact that he's going to be a project or not, you're going to have to find a way to make that work out. I don't want to throw the head case label on him. I understand that's a serious allegation. And I've had thrown that label on some people that we spoke about on this podcast. I'm not going to say that about him for whatever reason. But I do think he's very immature. And I don't know the circle he keeps around him. But I don't think whoever's around him has sat him down and say, look, this is not how you conduct business. This is You're doing more harm to your career than you are helping it. So you said you don't want to put head case on it. What do you mean by that? People are quick to call him crazy and quick to label and quick to say the CTE shit. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not. I I'm, didn't say I'm citing you. what they said. Yeah, yeah. I'm I saying... didn't say you did it, but you were quoting what other people said and how they described him. Not saying you said it. And I'm just saying I'm not going to do that. I don't, I don't want to say the guy's crazy. I just think he's just immature as fuck. No, I think crazy is an ableist term. Like, I think people use crazy to either nullify somebody and make them, like, their actions mean nothing because you're crazy. You know, we can't take you seriously at all. Or they use it as a way to vilify you, right? It's why I usually, I don't really like to use the term. What I'm saying is, I think we'd all be blind if we don't say that there are behaviors that that exhibit there's some deeper mental things going on there. And I'm not claiming it being CTE. Like, I probably have some mental things going on and I don't have CTE. I ain't banging my head no. against nothing. I was, okay. So when you mentioned that other people called him a head case, that's what I was responding to. Not what you said, but when you were quoting people saying he's a head case. Um, okay. That's what I was basically responding to. And I don't want to say, is he a, uh, is he a, I guess a troublemaker or uh, uh, what was it that they used to call T.O.? Uh, they used to say what? He was diva. a locker room. What? A locker room diva? Uh, nah. locker, room, locker room cancer. Yeah. Like if you want to say that about A.B., I'm probably not going to argue with you there. But to say head case and all that, I'm not going to go there. I would say he's immature as fuck with how he uh, he gets himself into these situations. Like what happened in Oakland was very unnecessary. This was very unnecessary. I mean, dude, your team has a solid record. You're about to go into the playoffs. Like, like, do you really need to do this right now? It's not like it's week one. Like, come on. Y'all just won the well, Super Bowl. Y'all still have a solid team. Agreed. Y'all just won. You were a major part of it. But let's turn it on the flip side. Say, um, Say he was forced to play that game. Say he was forced. You know what I'm saying? And eventually the pain just became too much for him. And he was like, hey, I don't want to go in on this play, especially if this play is not for me. Like, if, I, if I'm not even the focal point in the game, I don't want to run on the leg. And that's how they got into it. Like, no, you're supposed to, you know, because even when you're not the focal point, there's a reason why you still have your best receivers out there because then somebody has to focus on you. Not everybody can focus on the focal point, on the main person who's supposed to get the ball. Yeah, you play, become a distraction the to the defense. Correct. So what if that was the thing that sparked it? Because at the end of the I don't want to, because we don't know. We're, we're, we're doing the thing I hate. Talking heads who don't know enough, having a conversation, right? But 
I want to. I'm trying to think like something had to trigger him. You know what I'm saying? And I'm sure Bruce Arians says something to him. And just by his body, the body language of Bruce Arians afterwards, it was like whatever was said to AB and what they whatever they exchanged, it wasn't nothing nice. It wasn't nothing nice. So I something triggered that. And I think, I think even the truest thing is, he's not there for anyone else except Tom Brady. I don't think the Bucks give a fuck about him. I don't think Bruce Arians give a fuck about him. The reason he's there is for Tom Brady. Tom Brady wanted him there, and we all know the real GM for Tampa Bay is Tom Brady. Tom Brady got everybody he wanted to on that team. Gronk came out of retirement. Gronk Gronk was so broke, he could never play for New England again. Till Tom said, hey, man, I got you something, something going on down here in, in Tampa Bay. Come come live. We don't even gotta, you don't even got to be in the cold no more. Come on down here. So, I don't know, man. I, I feel like his the loyalty to that team was never there anyway. So, you talk to me. I'm, 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 I'm playing injured, whatever. You go off. Especially if you, you're in pain, you're going to go off. So, I... I, I I want to close out on on his thing saying, man, I hope he get. I honestly hope he gets help. And when I say help, I mean I hope he rests that ankle. I hope he gets I hope he gets healthy. I hope he gets healthy not only physically, but mentally. Because regardless of what everybody's saying, we'd be blind if we said, no, we didn't think anything was going on upstairs. And I'm not calling CTE. I'm not saying that. I'm talking actually emotionally deep-rooted shit, trauma throughout his life that he needs to deal with. Because there's a reason why you react a certain way. There's things that I do now that I react a certain way to. I mentioned on the podcast, like I used to have a friend who used to come to my house when my sister used to live with me. I used to have a friend who used to show up at my house. And, you know, because him and my sister were friends too. Like, we all grew up together. But when I come home from work after a day and it's like, oh, he's here. This is my actual friend. I was in his wedding. And him being there used to annoy me. And I couldn't figure out why. Like, he used to come in, and my mood would immediately change. This is my friend. my fr- Like, my friend who I used to beg to go to his house, and now he's at my house, and I'm like, man, what the fuck is it? Like, fucking him up. Like, I don't even want to be in Like, I'm going to go in the room. I don't want to be in the living room. Da, da, da. Like, that shit was really fucking with me. And then I had to really trace back what it was from my life that tr- makes me react that way to somebody who I really don't mind being around. But for some reason, the second he got there, when I was finally home in my space, it felt like I was being invaded. You know what I'm saying? Pause. But it felt like my space Don't was being invaded. Don't say pause. We're not talking about no, nothing I said fruity. pause because I knew it was going to bother you. I knew it was going to bother you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, I felt like my space was being invaded. And I had to go back and do, figure out what it was. And literally, through therapy, I figured out what it was from my childhood that made me react that way. And once I figured out the trigger, I was able to deal with it. And I dealt with it way better after that once I figured out what it was. So I think that type of... I use that as an example. The things that trigger trigger? him... Oh, the trigger? I have no problem telling you. So growing up, my mother... um, My mother is one of the most good-hearted, helpful help you raise your family, take you into the house type of person that there is, right? And my whole life, someone has always lived with us. 
when we were growing up, somebody always lived with us, whether it was a family member, somebody from church, some kids she adopted from, from school. Like there was always someone else she was helping with. Right. So a lot of times during my childhood, I would have to move from this bedroom to this bedroom. Now I'm sharing a bedroom with my sister. Now I remember there was a time where I was like mad young and I was sharing a bedroom with my mom and my sister. We've given up our whole house to give to like two other families to live in the house with us. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of the triggers I have from young is that I never had a safe space. I never had a space on my own. I always had to, it was always being invaded. You know what I'm saying? And you don't notice that. I always thought I was just being helpful. Like, you know, I'm a good church going kid. Saint, that's kind of where that comes from. I'm a good church going kid. We're helping people out. And I didn't realize how internally I was dealing with that shit. You know what I'm saying? So... Now that I'm grown, I'm paying, you know, I got my own place, da 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 da. Even a friend who I have no problem because eventually I'd come out because he's my friend. I'm not going to just be rude the whole time. <laughs> I'm not going to be rude the whole time. Eventually I'm going to come out and speak. You know, that's my dog. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I was in his wedding. But initially I had to, like, I would, my initial reaction to him being there used to be like, what the fuck, bro? Why the fuck? Like, bro, you don't got no home. Like, why does everybody always want to be over here? And that, I had to figure out why that trigger, why that was there. And that, since, since you know, I just had a therapy session right now, that's why that trigger was there for me. So I say all that to say, he needs to go and deal with some of the reasons why he reacts the way he reacts to things. Now, some of the scandal shit that he's been through, some of that shit that people have thrown on him, some stuff is, you know, because the media was already spinning the shit before the game was over. They were already spinning the 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 people who were the people who were talking in the game. The commentators were already spinning what was happening. And they had no idea because they didn't see it either. But they was already spinning the whatever was being fed to them from the Bucks media or whatever. Whoever was making sure that he was vilified in the situation. Stephen A and them are sitting up there arguing shit the next day. No real, no real idea why. Just because that's what they do is talking heads. They do what they do. No one is really focusing on the man and the man needs help. I'm sorry. That's just how I feel as someone who has had those triggers and things. And that's just a small one. That's just a small example of one that I just gave, but someone who's seen those triggers is like, yo, Hey, game recognized game, grandpa, as Riley would say, <laughs> like, I see you like my brother. I see the reflection. Like I see there's issues there. You got to deal with those shits. And another thing to add to your point, he has to understand his his perception or how people perceive him. There's certain people that if they do stuff, they'll get the benefit of the doubt and people would understand, hey, why did you do this? But if you do something, if Antonio Brown does something, you're not going to get the same benefit of the doubt as other people get. They're going to jump off the deep end and they're always going to assume the worst and you're going to have to climb that steep hill and proving yourself. So I, I agree with you. Why am I not getting the benefit of the doubt? Antonio Brown? I've been getting the benefit of the doubt my entire life. No, if you did, they wouldn't call you a head case when you did stuff. Even when you guys call me a head case, I always get a job. Because you're good, not because you get the benefit of the doubt. Because you can play football really good. That's not the benefit of the doubt. But if I benefit of the doubt the excuses bag, your actions. But if I still get the... You don't think me still getting a job and me still getting the bag... Isn't an excuse of my actions? No, it's just showing how good you are at doing whatever it is we need you to do on the field. So it's you're good enough to where we'll put up with that bullshit. I disagree. 
all of that, and here's the thing, what you're also doing, because you're saying, we're, we're just going to deal with this, but what you're also doing is reinforcing the fact that no matter what I do over here, y'all still going to pay me and hire me over here. Yeah, they and I'm not enable saying, it. And I'm not saying that to say that he doesn't deserve a job. But what I'm saying is, his whole life, he's always been given the benefit of the doubt. He's all he probably was the best player in his in his pop Warner. He was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. He's always been the best player. And anytime he's ever had shit, anytime any craziness has ever happened, people have always made excuses because what that nigga do on that field, many can't do. Many have never done. The benefit of the doubt would be. Seeing that, and then before you run off with your headlines, ask Antonio Brown, hey, what happened? That would be benefit of the doubt. Enabling would be Antonio Brown doing that, and the next season he's playing with the Seahawks. Where it's like, yeah, he does this wild shit every now and then, but goddamn, that motherfucker could run around. You get what I'm saying? So they enable but what he does. That hasn't happened? Get... Does, he, does he always get a job afterwards? Yeah, they Isn't enable that him. the enabling part? Enabling, not benefit of the doubt. I'm saying they enable him. Yeah, but the enabling is reinforcing that no matter what I do, I'll be... Like, I understand what you're saying with the whole benefit of the doubt that they're not going to... He doesn't give a fuck if y'all talk about him if y'all going to still pay me. You know what I'm saying? That that There's part of your brain where you feel like you're... you By y'all talking about him, y'all are, like, trying to, like, reinforce... All you're reinforcing when he gets the job and gets the bag... It don't matter because I'm getting the accolades that I really want. You're just reinforcing that my behavior doesn't, it doesn't affect anything else. The thing that I really care about, I still get to keep doing and y'all still keep paying me. How old is he? It'd be probably like 29, 30. It'd be, it'd be up to. Okay. So in other words, he can't keep that up for much longer. Well, yeah. I mean, at some point, at some point, he's 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 gonna he's gonna lose a step, and not that he hasn't already started to lose a step, but he ain't you know he's thirty three. Mm. You know he's reaching that. This is that time as a receiver. Yeah, you're where, football old. You know. Yeah. Not everybody could be Terrell Owens. He was. I mean, I think Terrell Owens can probably still make a play or two if he were to sign by a team today. He probably can do some footwork, probably hit a couple slants on somebody that, but he don't have the speed he used to have. No, he, no, no. He can't that take why, hits the way he used to. That's why I say you know, a yep. play or two. He's not going to be the T.O. <laughs> we remembered in San Francisco or Dallas or whatever. But he can go out there and, you know, he could catch a, a hitch, go down, duck yeah, out of bounds. Man. Little golden go like some some quick and light, you know something. Yeah, if you give him the right matchup, he can probably catch a fade route in the end zone. A little back shoulder, nothing crazy, you know what I'm yeah. saying? But I mean, but it right. is crazy if a guy in his forties do that to you in the NFL. That's that's crazy. Agreed. All right, we're gonna take our final break right here, and we'll be right back. You know, as we were closing out the year. Um, and like I said, I spent I spent most of my I spent most of my <laughs> I spent New Year's Eve, you know, at the crib. You know, I wasn't out there in the world, you know what I'm saying, trying to catch the Rona. And even though I feel like at this point, since I made it to season three of Corona, because I feel like it I feel like every year has been a season of Corona. But since I've made it to season three, you know, like 
this is where they finally get Glenn. You know what I'm saying? Like this that's a Walking Dead reference for those who ain't catch it. But this is where they finally gonna get me. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm they finally going, it's finally gonna catch. I feel like at some point, COVID's gonna catch me. You know what I'm saying? So, but I was I was home, I was scrolling. You know, you start going to Twitter, see what everybody doing. I'm watching everybody. Nigga, did nothing annoyed me more than y'all. And I I was gonna say this, and I think I probably said it, but Y'all killed me with that talking to the moon. I when I tell you, nigga, the way y'all felt like y'all had to wrap up every all of y'all felt like y'all had to wrap up y'all year on that bullshit, nigga. The moon was like y'all ain't talking to me never. Y'all probably can't even point me out in the sky. Get the fuck, leave me the fuck alone. I could not stand that shit. Okay, so. I guess I'm going to have to pick a different song for my new vibe of the week. Nigga, apparently nigga, my- how? <laughs> nigga, you always pick whatever the trendy TikTok song is. Nigga, you, whatever you hear on the TikTok song, all of a sudden, be your vibe. No, fuck that, bro. That's, look, and I'm not saying that song is bad. I'm not. I'm saying people have abused that fucking song. Let me look up something right now. I, <laughs> I am not going to get uh, crucified by Marvin. Not no, you don't got to be crucified. But y'all, y'all, I understand it was a trend. And, you know, you you hop on trends, and it is what it is. But bruh, I I could not look at that shit again. I was sick of all of y'all. I started reporting y'all ass. Y'all start to another one that I can't stand is that one where it's like where it's like oh count to twenty one and it sounds like you're rapping this. What I haven't heard that one. And it look oh nigga those things are always they they and it really it's like you count to twenty one and there's a song that plays on top of it. I was walking through the rain blah blah like it's a but what really (laughs) happens is. People are really just rapping the song. Okay. And they're like, oh, I counted to 21. It really worked. No, the fuck it. No, no number in the in the alphabet. No number in the, the alphabet, Jesus. No number in the numerical system looks like Big Storm. Okay? That is, you are using words. Stop that bullshit. I reported all they ass to. I was a real hating ass nigga toward the end of the year. <laughs> fuck all of y'all. <laughs> y'all was killing me with the bullshit. That's what happened when you stuck it when, when I was stuck in the house. But um, but like I said, I was on Twitter. I was scrolling through, and I come across this tweet from a a young lady who I followed. You know, I followed her career when she was playing at at uh UNLV. basketball UNLV. Um, Drake has rapped about her. You know, all the all the niggas was trying to you know Lil Wayne and then was wearing her jerseys and all her and her sister because they're twins, very beautiful girls. Um, she let out a tweet that that essentially. You know, said that Trey Song. She it plainly says Trey Songs is a rapist, and she was like, "Woo, I I couldn't go into the new year with that on my spirit." And that's all she said. That was it. She laid it out there. Didn't say anything else. Never replied to anything else. Has I don't think she's followed up or had said a word about it. And that part has stuck out to me the most. Um. Like, she's a popular young lady. A lot of people know who she is. So that tweet got a lot of traction. So I can assume 
so many people have followed up and asked her, hey, elaborate or, you know, come on our show. Let's talk about it or whatever. But the fact that she never took the opportunity to elaborate on it or speak on it, for some reason that spoke volumes to me. It, I could what volume be did it speak to you? What volume did it speak to you? It said that it, it felt like that was something that was weighing on her and she just wanted to get it out. They didn't do it for clout or... okay. They okay, because I didn't, I didn't know if you were going to go... I didn't know if you were going with the route like, oh, she said it, but now she has nothing to back it up, so she's not going to go off and say no. No, 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 okay. I'm not going that route. Um, it didn't feel like that. Again, I don't... I'm not... I'm, I'm, I'm not in a room when these things happen. I couldn't... I don't know either person personally. But just my perception of how she put that message out and then just kind of, I guess you could say, faded to black on it. It's like, okay, that seemed like it was personal. She wanted to put that out because it was weighing heavy on her and she just had to say something. She didn't necessarily, she wasn't necessarily looking for a conversation, just a, uh, you ever you ever had a moment where you felt like pressure was building up and you just wanted to scream or let out a cry or just say something to somebody and you didn't want to elaborate on it. You just needed to just, whatever it is that was bothering you, just needed to get it out your system. And it felt like right. that to me. Um, and this is off. This is off. The, this is on the heels of um, a couple, just probably like a year or so ago. Kiki Palmer says that Trey Songs doesn't know how to accept the word no, and he used a lot of uh, coercion. I think coercion, I sexual that word intimidation, wrong. coercion. You said it right. I said it right. Okay. I yeah. say words wrong sometimes. Like my pronunciation oh, sucks. Often. often. Thank you. Often. And I just, at some point, I just let you have it. Um, but this is on the heels of <laughs> on the heels of Kiki Palmer. This is on the heels of him going through, currently he has a $20 million lawsuit of someone accusing him of rape right now. Wasn't there also a young lady who spoke on it and said that he even urinated on her without her consent? That also happened, I want to say, in the past two years as well, didn't it? She yes. wasn't famous, but... No, I agree. I, yeah. I no, I remember. I remember. And but, rape, rape is a heavy allegation, and I'm not here to declare guilt or innocence. I'm let the courts and everybody figure that shit out, right? I want to talk to men in general, as as a, as another guy. Kinks, and how you get to know how you get to do shit with one woman doesn't necessarily work with the others. You know what I'm saying? I was listening to uh, the two ladies from the See The Thing Is podcast talk about this. And one is very open about her her sexuality, Mandy B. She has a, the other podcast, Horrible Decisions, where literally it's all about her and her friend being whores and, and you know, hoeing around and stuff like that back in the day, right? And being very open sexually about, about themselves. And she says there, there were times where, in her past, where... Things have happened to her where people, it wasn't ever discussed. Like she said, a man spit in her face while they were having sex. Now, she openly said, now, that's something she enjoys. But this is 12, this is 10 years later. But when she was young, 18, 19, some dude spit in her face while they were having sex. And because she says, and this is from the two women, so this is their perspective. I can only speak from mine. She says that, Women 
in those moments feel a little intimidated and try not to fuck up the vibe so much that they kind of allow certain shit to happen to them. And it's not necessarily rape, but you've put them, you, you, there's some, and I hate using the word sexual abuse. There's some level of you took advantage of them. You know what I'm saying? Like niggas who, who take the condom off. Like, I think that shit is wild. I think it's called stealthing. It has an actual name. No, but I who, think like, that is condom, a form of rape off. though. When you take no, the no, no, no. I agree. It's a, it's a definitely a form of sexual abuse. But I think, but as I was saying, things that work with one woman aren't going to always work with the other. You know what I'm saying? You need to have conversation. People need to talk about what they like before you get in a room and you do things with one person. Like, one person's not going to, everybody's not going to want you to choke them. Yeah, it look cool on a porn, but every girl not going to take that. That little slap on the face that you see in porn, every girl, nigga, you will lose your life. That shit not for everybody. And I think a lot of I think a lot of men, you know, think like, you know, this is what we like. So you kind of like force it. You can't force that upon everybody. Everything you're saying is true. And I agree with it. My only thing is, yeah, I don't think that's this case with Trayson. I'm not saying that. That, Like I said, at the top, I'm not here to argue his guilt or innocence. I'm saying, I'm saying off rip, because you got to think about he's had the, this has been a constant theme for him over and over and over again. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like. So it's either, it's either, it's either he's, he is out here doing this or he's put women in uncomfortable positions where this has been a thing. You know what I'm saying? But when they tell their well, this the the last claim she didn't go into detail. But I guess with what you're saying, with what was the story with Kiki? Because I know she was hiding in the closet. I remember that she was part. hiding in the closet because he was like trying to force her to be in this video that he was decided to shoot, and he was kind of like intimidating her to be in it and wasn't letting her leave. Like it was like some whole wild shit. Okay, so. With the other woman that he urinated without her consent. The point she was making, I could see that happening. They're in the middle of a moment. He does something that he didn't discuss with her. She doesn't want to fuck up the vibe. Now she's uncomfortable. I could see that in your scenario. But with Kiki, that's something completely different. So it's not even like... And I I understand this is not you judging uh, Trey songs or anything. But... One, he should take the advice that you're giving right now. And two, he needs to do a little bit more than take that advice you're giving him. Because he's getting it from a bunch of different angles and none of it looks good. And I know he hasn't said anything. And I don't know if that's... I'm I'm sure he's been advised to not say shit. Probably. It's, It's honestly, legally... Best strategy in the world. Shut the fuck up. Don't say a word. You have lawyers. That's why you pay them. They will do the rest. Don't say. A but nobody word. said anything though. He's fighting a. He's fighting a legal battle. He's no oh, reason yeah, to address it. That. That's you not just a legal said that, battle. So. That's not a legal battle. Now I'm gonna fight the legal battle. The legal, the legal battle, battle is the one I need to fight. The legal battle is it? Uh, is it something in a similar vein where it's a woman accusing him of something? I believe she's suing him for. Uh, from my recollection is he has a lawsuit for $20 million for, for sexual abuse, rape, I believe. Fuck. So, but when I'm talking to men, because 
I'm talking to to guys in general. Nigga, you got to read body language. These girls, these girls on the podcast, they said read body language. Cause yes, you even when you're talking to a girl about certain things that you may want to do, her body is going to tell you the truth way before her lips say it. Like you can look at her face and she give you that uh face. Like the fuck. There's her body will tell you what she's comfortable and what she's not. A lot of y'all niggas be in there having sex, not even listening to the bodies, not even paying attention. That's how I know y'all niggas ain't as good as y'all think y'all are. <laughs> I'm glad you said that because to bring it around full circle, when you are approaching a woman and talking to them, before she actually tells you no, her body language has already turned you down 10 minutes before you said anything. So when you as walk I over, said, yeah, niggas don't when know I walked how to over there. <laughs> And I walked over there. <laughs> the way it was, it had nothing to do with how she said anything. Because I don't even realize, I don't even know if she really said more than two words to me. <laughs> but the way she looked over her shoulder at I'm... me. <laughs> the fact that she don't turn all the way around to address you says enough. If nobody turns and gives you their full attention, that tells you they're not interested. So it, you don't even need to put up the shot at that point. Just that turn, you know. that turn from you to go dance with her homegirls, and you just gotta look stupid in the middle of the, in the circle that was formed there. Now you looking stu- like, all right, man. I'm gonna and just, sometimes I'm just it ain't even around. her body language. It's her friend's body language. Because the friend is going to vet you. In those situations, the friend vets you before she sees you. The friends right. know which one you're approaching. And that friend can look at her and be like, uh-uh. That way, she's not even going to turn around to address you. Because the friend, the friend know what she's attracted to. If you didn't even meet the minimum standards, why is she, she going to turn around and even give you the time of day? Friend already blocked that for you. Friend already said no. Now, if you now if you were her type physically, the friend probably would have gave her a nudge, hey, a cute one coming. She would have turned and talked to you. Now, at this point, you either talk yourself into a hole or tuck yourself into a hole. You get what I'm saying? Hey. <laughs> hey. All right, now. All right, now. <laughs> I like that. Hey, he says, so you either talk yourself into a hole or you talk yourself into a hole. All right. One of the two is going to happen. But if she don't even, if that body language ain't there, but like you said, a lot of dudes don't, you, I'm surprised to know how many people can't pick up on simple physical social cues. And it, it, the number is scary high, especially for men. Staggering. Staggering. Like, it's it's crazy. If you, And that's how I know, like I said, the niggas who be talking how, like, niggas who be talking on their dick and all that shit, like, bruh, you not as good as you are, as you say you are, because you don't read body language in basic situations. I know you're not reading body language in the bed. <laughs> and the whole time, like, they'll be talking to somebody and you could see it from a mile away, like, she ain't feeling nothing, nigga. And then he come back and give you this falsified story. Oh, yeah, she digging your boy. I'm finna go back to the house and beat that. Like, nigga. Nigga. Nigga, you never pulled she your phone out. How you got her number? She didn't face you not once. The whole time she was talking to you, quote unquote, she was looking down at her phone. That girl wasn't paying you no damn mind. What the hell you thought you was doing? But them niggas be the main one thing and they killing it out here. Like, nah, bro. <laughs> Ain't nobody fucking with you like that. They not. They not. It's 2018. You still wearing Jabot jeans. Stop it. On that note, bro. 
What's your old school vibe of the week, man? <laughs> Give me a minute. Y'all fucked up my whole shit. Oh, <laughs> Jaquan Hood Hop. <laughs> no? no, you don't like that nope. one. I'm not, bruh. As your friend, it wasn't I, that you old. You gotta stop, bruh. You gotta stop. Jaquan Hurricane Chris. I'm really scared to go through what your playlist be looking like. I I've shared a playlist. You. you need to send a playlist to me because I'm starting to wonder. Do I need to even ask you about your music choices anymore? My like, music I'm choices really are all over the fucking place. I just picked the one old song that I recently downloaded. The second oldest song that I downloaded after that was Game Over by Lil Flip. You gonna say being no to that, that one too? Had, being that the Pac-Man uh, sound effects were in the background, we'll, we're... <laughs> the Samurai Professionals Podcast Committee will accept... Game over by Lil Flip as your old school vibe. That week. song fucked him up too. Cause he didn't get that sample clear. Oh really? See, I, don't, I didn't know that. Yeah, why you think you stopped hearing about Lil Flip all of a sudden? Like that song was huge. That song was that was gonna be the song that propelled him everywhere. That was his big commercial hit. But since he didn't clear that Pac-Man sample, that company came after him hard and he he lost a lot of money. And it takes money to make money in music. That's that's why um, Murder Inc. fell off. Once they started fighting that federal, those federal charges, they spent so much money on that case and the lawyers and everything. They didn't have enough money to put back in the music to make hit records. It takes money to make money. Once the money is gone, there ain't much you can do. And it's hard. And, you know, people have uh, microwave attention spans. So when you're hot, they're focusing on you. The moment you kind of fall off and somebody else steps into the limelight that you occupy, that is it. It's gone. Unless you do something drastic to get it back, which is very hard to do. Ain't nobody really fucking with you like that no more. So by the time he got back on his feet with music, the whole Texas sound wasn't as big as it once was. The sound has shifted. People are now paying attention to a different region. So he never got it back to where he once had it. Hmm. Hey, okay. See, that's why we accepted that because, because I ain't gonna lie to you. I was like, he, he, he can't. I'm not gonna accept that. Like, <laughs> it's gotta stop at some point. <laughs> I know you still love me, so it's all good. Love is a strong word, my nigga. Um, my old school vibe of the week is "No Better Love" by the Young Guns featuring Rel. Oh, that's a good one. It's a really good one. I mean, you know, I had to refresh my year, and y'all know Rockefeller head. I'm a Rockefeller fan till I die. So, you know, I can always go back to listen to old school Rockefeller because I feel like it gives me that young. I, I heard a, I heard a, uh, a podcast that described that old Rockefeller feeling. Like, it's like young upstart energy. You know what I'm saying? Like, a bunch of young black men getting together, and it just felt like they, you know, like like these guys who do these startups now with, like, tech and everything. But that's kind of what Rockefeller felt like. A bunch of men coming together and really building some shit. You know what I'm saying? Bigs, Dane, Poe. Like, they really put together a whole dynasty that, to this day, continues to make billionaires. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're right. But that's what that that's what that old school Rockefeller gives me. And I just remember that No Better Love. It, it just had a nice little bop to it. I remember the I, I think remember I the music video. Hey, powder blue, that, that, you know, Rockwell suit, white Nike. Huh? 
white night cup. There you go. No, man, that, I mean, dude, Rockef, that was such a strong camp. Oh, man, that song takes me back to high school. It ain't too many songs that really take me back like that, but that's one of them. That was a, that was a dope song. Definitely. What's it? Give me, give me a new school. Pushing P by Gunna and Future featuring Young Thug. This is off of Gunna's album DS Forever, which actually dropped this year. So it's new, new. Yeah, it did just drop. I heard Pushing P is actually slang for something that he was trying to bring up. Do you know what it is? No, I'm not all the way hip on new slang, so please help me out. What is that? We all know you still say flogging. Flogging is such a good word. I'm not going to let you do me like that. Flodging. No, no. <laughs> I think it's not flodging, because I actually, I, I fucks with a good flodging. I fucks with a flodging. Kids now call it cap. But I, I hate cap. I mean, I, I don't say it in, you know what it is? We used to be in spaces where knowing the new slang was important. Right? Like, used to be in space where, like, I had to know the new I had to be able to say it. I had to be able to talk a certain way. But I'm now I'm in space where I don't use it as much. But you know when I get around, my, you know I get around my crew, my niggas. You know I'm gonna talk the way I want to talk. So sometimes I'm gonna hear you gonna hear a cap thrown out there because you know I'm still trying to you know still trying to sound like what's nice, like what's what's good out here in the streets. I ain't sound no sort of confident on that. What's good out here in the streets? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? One thing I hate, like going back to what you said about how this is the most connected we've ever been. One down, one drawback I see from that is things are losing its regional touch. And what yeah, I talk, mean by we've that... We've talked on it. Music don't even have a regional sound to it anymore. I hate that. And the same thing with slang. We don't... Flodging was a Florida thing, probably a South Florida thing. And now everybody says the... The one universal cap shit. I don't even know who started that. Atlanta. That's what's... And I don't even know the origins of it. It's stupid to me. Or like when people used to say thought... What's the origin of flogging? Flaw. Something that's flaw, it's fake. So when you say a nigga was flaw, he was fake. If you say a nigga is something that's flogging, it's fake. It's not... It's not real. You lying. It's, it's flaw. Okay. Now help me understand cap. You capping. I have no fucking idea, bro. I didn't I come it. up with the slang. The slang thought? I hated fucking thought. That was so stupid. What does thought mean? That hoe over there. Why didn't you just call her a hoe then? Why you had to make up a whole new word for just one word? That was already simple. It made no sense to me. I didn't like the word thought, but it grew on me. I hated it. Just say hoe. We, we've always come up with, We've always come up with new... New terms for for women. That's one thing. That's one thing. Hip hop has always done well. It's come up with new terms. Oh, the for great women. women, absolutely. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it's 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 a lost art. <laughs> it is. I'm glad it is, but it is. <laughs> Give it some time; it'll come back. No, it's always some. All you need is a catchy beat, really. Yeah, I mean, we just had throat baby. There you go. That wasn't that long ago. 
Yeah, but throw baby really wasn't like that's like it was like. But the, the new women embraced of baby. that shit though. They didn't like take they did. offense. Give me that Becky. Ho. Come on, now. come on now. Plaz, that was a Plaz hard song. That. When Plaz gonna do a versus? I bet he'll kill some shit on a versus. People, low key, low key. Plaz made some hits. Yes, he did. Absolutely. Absolutely. Even though I know for a fact that nigga don't talk like that, like the way he talk in real, like the way he talk in real life is nowhere near like the way he talks on songs or on Instagram. I think he can code switch very well, but I do think he talks like a Florida nigga in real life. Because if if you want to, if people, anybody who listens to this that's not in Florida, if you want to know a good representation of a Florida accent, listen to Plies. He talks like a Florida. Plies and Trick Daddy. Two great examples of Florida accents. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Um, my new vibe of the week has probably been my new... It's been my new vibe of the week. It would have been my new vibe the last two weeks. And I wish we had recorded during then because I could have put everybody up... Because I'm going to tell you this. I'm in the wrong business. I know how to pick a hit. I know how to pick a song. Like, I can hear a song and know, like, Oh, this shit gonna be big. I did it with Essence, with uh, with Wizkid and Tim. Like I did that months before it became a hit. It, you know, the song of the summer and all that other shit that it was. Long before it became like I, I had been listening to that song. That album came out a year before that, and I was like, this is a fucking hit. This is the song they should have pushed. Always. So right now, there's a song out there called "Hours and Hours" by Money Long. By who? Money Long. M U N I Long. It's uh, an artist I was recently introduced to, but I listened to this song and I was like, yo, this song is great. Like, I, she's a writer, you know, a black, you know, black female, black female writer, uh, songwriter who has been writing songs for so many. She's, she's penned so many of people's favorite shit, but she actually wrote a song and pushed it herself. And the shit is taken off. It's the number like if you go to the R and B charts right now, on your like if you go to your R and B playlist on iTunes, it's the number one song. It's a song that they her face is there now. And she was so not known for being the artist. She was known for being the writer. And I remember when I first heard it, I was like, yo, this shit is fucking dope. And I couldn't tell anybody because we didn't record for two weeks. So now I'm late. I kind of look like I'm falling on the trend. But I was like, man, I've been new. And I can't. Now I still look like hindsight shit. But I guarantee you listen to that. You know I'm an R&B head, so you know it's definitely R&B. Go listen to that shit. Spy. I got you. No, but I trust your taste in music. Like I told you, everybody who I put onto your playlist has nothing but glowing things to say about you. And I even screenshot them and send it to you. You did. So I know you, you have a great ear for music. I, on the other hand, will never say anything like that because my taste in music is very weird. I like some of everything. Like one of the songs I've been listening to a lot lately is a hip-hop and country music mash between Nelly and Florida Georgia Line called A Little Bit. It's a dope song to me, but it might not be a That's dope a cool song, song to I heard you. it. I've heard it. I, my 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 ear. Like I listen to a lot of shit. Do I do I say R and B is my favorite genre? Sure. But my I listen to so much shit. Like if you look at my playlist, like if you look, at, I have a playlist called Smile that I haven't shared with anybody. I I may have shared it with my sister, but on that playlist, it has it ranges from 60s, 70 rock to 2000, 2010 pop. To 
to just songs that my mom used to play. It's just it's it's nothing but songs. I think Square Biz is on that playlist. It's just nothing but songs that Made put a smile. smile on my face. Yeah, I usually play it in the mornings. It's just mm. great music. Uh, great music to me. Some of my favorite songs are on this playlist. Okay. And some of those people who are on the playlist, they're not even the original song. Like, they may not even be the original songwriters or the original performers of the song. Like, it just, it may be like a cover I heard and I loved it so much, it's now my favorite song. That's with me in the song Zombies that originally was performed probably by the Cranberries, but I like uh, Bad Wolf's remake of it. Never heard of any of those people, but I'm sure the song's amazing. You should send it to me. I will. I'll send you both versions so you can be the judge yourself. Okay. All right, man. Anything else you want to bring to the table? Just one more thing. Jaquan Hood Hop is not that bad of a song. Like, Jesus Christ, give me some credit. It's not that bad of a song. It had a hard beat. St. Louis was pumping at the time. Like, come on now. Nelly, the St. Lunatics, we all was fucking with them. That's it. Ladies and gentlemen, and all those in between and outside of those constructs, this has been another episode of the Samurai Professionals Podcast. I'm your host, Marvin, a.k.a. Young Saint. Mr. Flexo and the Lexo, about to make your best hoe my next hoe. Charles Flex Xavier, that man beyond. And the man to the right of me can only be. The same dude from last week and the week before. Quite frankly, I'm half Samurai Pro, half F&D, so talk nice when you see me. I stay wildin'. I don't resort to violence. I'm on resorts and island. Check the graph, fam, in case you thought I was lying. To be frank, I can only be who I say I be. The F and F&D, one half of this P.O.D., who else but me is Frank. You can hit us up via email at the Samurai Professional Podcast at gmail.com, or you can hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at the Samurai Pros. Please like and subscribe and share with your friends. Uh, and more importantly, leave a comment or rating. Let us know that let us know what you like, let us know what you don't like, but let us know something. Preferably just let it us know what you out. like. Yeah, there was some... yeah, the likes help, but I mean, let us know. You know, uh, we, yeah. we if you got something are... negative to say, send a tweet. If you got something positive to say, leave a rating. I mean, simple. Hit us up with comments, questions, or even topic suggestions. You can reach me on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok at I can only be Frank. And where can they find you, Marv? You can reach me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Marvin X Adams. This has been another episode of the Samurai Professionals Podcast. Peace. Peace.